it's Laura Giles, your host of Modern Animism Radio. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you tuning in and sharing a bit of your time with us today. So today is September 2nd, and we're heading into fall, and I'm noticing what feels like a quickening towards that change of dominant element and energy outside. Are you feeling it too? Lots of people are feeling depressed right now because of corona, and they haven't been outside to enjoy that active, social, warm time, and it's already starting to cool again. So it's a good time to tap into this big overall wheel of life and see how we can use it in our lives. But first, let's give gratitude to the elements and ancestors without whom we wouldn't be here. Acknowledge and thank the earth for all the lovely material things that support our physical existence, our food, bodies, grounding, sensuality, and all the things that make life worthwhile. I acknowledge and thank the air for giving us oxygen to breathe, ideas, and the means to communicate them so that we can connect. I thank you for helping us to be impartial, non-judgmental, and mindful. Acknowledge and thank fire for our power, life, warmth, and reminding us of the need to be responsible with our choices. I thank you for the desire to create, connect, live, and participate in the beauty that is life. I acknowledge and thank water for life, our emotional experiences, purification, and the reminder to be in flow, be flexible, and feel. I acknowledge and thank the ancestors from all the realms for all that you do that is seen and unseen. And please help us to remember our place in the cycle of life so that we can stay aware of our connections to you and the descendants. And, of course, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. You know, without you, there's no reason to be here. So it's all about reciprocity. I thank um, you for uh, donating, and I ask that if you benefit, you help us to grow by sharing our podcasting or continuing to donate to the program at Buy Me a Coffee forward slash Pan Society. And you can help out with a little as $3, and that's why it's called Buy Me a Coffee. It's like the cost of a coffee. And every amount is appreciated. You can certainly do more as well. Okay, so I've talked about the Wheel of Life a lot. It's such a huge topic that it's helpful to chunk it up in more bite-sized pieces. And if you check the archives, you'll see a podcast on each of the seasons. And those uh, represent a quarter of the Wheel of Life. So if this is new to you, you might want to give those a listen as well. What I'm hoping to do today, though, is give a general overview of the whole thing and how it flows together. Someone recently gave me the feedback that he was brand new to animism and couldn't make out a lot of what I was talking about because it sounded all jargony. So um, now that I know we have people here who have all different levels of knowledge and experience with animism, you know, we want to kind of do something for everybody. And uh, Cherie tends to get super basic and entry level with a lot of details. I'm more of a big picture person, deeper person, so hopefully that means we have something for everyone. But if you are someone who's been around a while and you know your way around the wheel, I hope you'll stay and give a listen. Sometimes we can hear something in a different way that deepens our experience on an old topic. And, you know, if you're new or old and you're just like, you know, I saw what you did on whatever topic and it's still not doing it for me, let us know and we will give another try at it. Okay, so let's start with an overview of the Wheel of Life. So the Wheel of Life is a symbolic representation of the natural, spiritual, whole, animus world that's used by many ancient indigenous cultures all over the world. So nobody owns this idea um, as it comes with lots of variations that reflect the local landscape and the culture of the people who use it. I absolutely recommend that you also create your own 
based upon your local animals, weather, weather patterns, geographic features, and things like that so that yours is the most meaningful to you. That's going to be so much more useful than going online, reading a book, or even listening to this podcast. Um, the thought that you put yourself into it and your environment into it uh, will also be a learning experience that will benefit you way more than copying someone else because, you know, it's just more personal, meaningful, and representing you in your environment. So I have a wheel of life in my backyard made of stones, and the Bighorn Medicine Wheel is a sacred site here in the USA that lots of Native tribes use for sacred ceremonies. But the one um, one of the most important ideas to remember is that it's really not a physical thing. It's symbolic. I mean, it could be, obviously, because you have those two examples. But it's symbolic. And the whole point of it is to represent ideas or energies that are bigger than words. So I'm talking about it, defining it, and anchoring it into words. Um, but it diminishes the whole thing. So I'm, I'm doing that so that we can communicate because that's the only way to teach it to someone who maybe doesn't have an inkling of what it is or how to use it. So that's where we start. But I hope that you'll begin to use it in ways that sinks into your heart and your bones so that the words fade and the true energy of it emerges. So another idea um, I want to make really clear is that when we start talking about the four quadrants, I'm going to be speaking as if they're distinctive and pure, and they're not. So everything is everywhere, everything is everything. So there's no separation in the oneness. But it's also true that everything is separate too. So you are everything, everything is you, but we perceive you as a separate person, I'm a separate person. That sovereignty or the you um, part of you and the connection part is the us. So we're all in this together. So it's both at the same time. Lots of animism isn't about either or but and. So this is kind of what I'm talking about. And the trick is to stay in the middle where all that's true and not move to either extreme or forget yourself or the true essence. And the wheel can actually help with that. So now I know I said I was going to keep it basic and maybe you're already over your head. Uh, If so, let me know and I can do a video on whatever confuses you or a podcast or a blog post. Or just keep listening and maybe by the end of it, it'll start to click. So the shape of the symbol is a circle. Circle represents wholeness. There's no beginning and no end. The sun moves in a circle. The moon empties and fills. The human lifespan, trees, the seasons, all move in a circle from birth, maturity, decline, death, dormancy, and rebirth. So everything moves in this pattern. That's why it's the wheel of life. And once you get this, life becomes infinitely easier and more satisfying. Lots of people think life is about creating this upward trajectory where we become more and more wise, successful, and comfortable. Um, We hit goals and keep climbing the success ladder. And when we aren't doing that, we judge ourselves or others as failures. We go on a date and hope that he's the one and get disappointed when it doesn't work out. We hold on to regret and feel like failures. We move towards death with fear and trepidation and hate the changes in our bodies indicating approaching old age. And a changing mindset can clear all that anxiety, fear, and regret up. So what we're not seeing here, or maybe what needs to be reframed, is the decline in death. Nothing new can blossom without that part of the cycle. And when we start a new job, we're in a place of being a student again. When we start a new relationship, I hope we're a student. And if we're seeing ourselves as just continuing on without interruption because we fear death and don't allow ourselves to be reborn, 
Of course, we're going to be disappointed in relationships, success, and the progression of our lives. We can see failure all around us because we're under the illusion that we're moving in a line. And when we quote-unquote regress or fail, it's seen as wrong or bad. And that's not happening at all. We're moving in a circle, and that might seem like a bad thing. When we use the expression, I'm going in circles, we mean that we're covering old ground and getting nowhere. And that's exactly what some people do over and over again. We don't get into new relationship patterns. Um, We replay old ones over and over again with different people and different surroundings. And that's because we aren't dying. We aren't allowing ourselves uh, a chance to grieve, to rest and renew between that cycle. We're skipping that part altogether. So when spring comes again, we are in the same place. We haven't learned from our experiences, let go of things, or experienced purification so we can start anew. So we are going around and around and around the same circle. And uh, when we let things die and allow ourselves to be purified instead, we become students, babies, and new people. A new relationship is a new relationship. And when we're in a job or new location, we walk into it with the wonder of a baby and aren't expecting ourselves to be the masters of everything. We can't ask questions or struggle. When we know where we are, it's okay. It's just part of life. We have perspective and our expectations of ourselves and each other are more useful and accurate. We can live more in the flow of things and be more accepting of everything that shows up. Because the wheel of life is like a roadmap. It tells us where we are. And most mainstream um, people don't tune into these energies until they're so extreme that they can't be ignored. They respond by swinging back wildly in the other direction until life becomes black and white. And there's no gray. It's like I'm either really happy or I'm really sad. I'm either really pushing myself like a madman or I'm collapsed on the couch. Or maybe I'm super social extroverted or I'm a hermit. Either I overgive or I'm taken care of by others. So no matter what your personality, the sweet spot is in the center. If you're living on the extremes, you aren't balanced. When you're in the center, you have all the elements, energies, and everything that life has to offer at your fingertips, and nothing can sway you. You're wise without being so puffed up that you can't speak to people who don't have your level of knowledge. You're powerful without being overpowering. You're emotional without getting overwhelmed or lost in them. You're sensuous and enjoy your physical existence while still remembering your spiritual essence. You shine your authentic light while still being part of a tribe. You're in the space between heaven and earth, embracing your divine masculine and feminine energies that have nothing to do with gender, totally in the now, between the ancestors and descendants. Doesn't that sound like just such a wonderful place to be? So since everything is connected, all our meaning is derived from the relationship of one thing to everything else. And I think modern folks forget that. So one of the things I would suggest is to take time each day to practice seeing, feeling, hearing, or experiencing those relationships. It'll help you to build your animus being. It'll help you both to see the wholeness of life as well as how we separate ourselves from that wholeness. The wheel can help you do that. Another thing that the wheel teaches us is that everything is always changing. The seasons change. The tides move in and out. Things are always moving from order to chaos and birth to death. And Ecclesiastes tells us for everything, everything has a season. It's just part of life. So when things are falling apart, maybe it's time to let go. Or maybe it's time to build. Maybe it's time to put the pedal to the metal and get going. You know, it's all necessary. 
If you have the wisdom to see things as they are, you can accept any part of the cycle. When we fight against the flow, we experience suffering. The coolest part of change is that you aren't stuck with the past. You can grow beyond your pain, your past, your family, your previous limitations. Everything moves. All you have to do is purify. Put yourself in the flow where you can find the energy that you want and allow it to happen. It doesn't have to be hard. It's often painful. Childbirth is painful. Uh, When I look at the force it requires for a seed to burst out of a seed pot, it looks like that could be painful. When a rosebud flowers, that could possibly be painful. But everything ends. So don't let the fear of pain stop you from budding. In fact, there's a quote from Anais Nin who, uh, about that that says, uh, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. I love that quote. I don't tend to shy away from going for it, despite the barriers. But that one always kicks me into go mode because I see what's on the other side is worth it. Even when there isn't a big reward, there is a new experience. It's also a new season, so sometimes it's just time to do something different. It doesn't even have to be motivated by a promise of a big payoff. Rose doesn't have to have a payoff to blossom. It just does it because it's time. So I'll tell you this to remind you of complementary duality. There is no pleasure without pain. There's no reaping without sowing. No ease without struggle. Sometimes it's time for one. Sometimes it's time for the other. So many people tell me that they, quote, unquote, just want to be comfortable. That's like saying, I want to stagnate, not be challenged, and stop living. Is that really what you came here for? I hope not. If so, you're missing out on so much. Within the wheel of life, we have things that we can see or touch, like fire, earth, and water, and things we can't touch, like wind, ideas, intuition, dreams, and spirit. This shows us about the relationship between the seen and unseen, or what some call the real and unreal. All of it's real. There are different rules that govern each, and what we do in the physical world impacts the spiritual world, and what happens there impacts what happens here. So it's important to be aware of that, to have a relationship with both, and honor both. It's really zooming out, isn't it? I mean, look at the big picture We see how tiny and insignificant we are. And yet, to me, at the same time, it's about seeing how much I really matter, too. I can influence the web with my thoughts and deeds. I can influence the next seven generations with how I live. And that's pretty powerful. And yet, my ancestors in in the spirit world helps me. And that's also pretty powerful. So are you starting to see what an incredible world we live in? And how the wheel kind of reflects that back to you? So in the space of in-between physical and spiritual really is an incredible experience. So many of us have, um, miss it because we're on extremes. We're either super involved in what we can see or our thoughts of reality, and we deny that and see ourselves as purely spiritual and deny the value of being human. For me, when we switch our perspective and start to live as both, we kind of become demigods in a way. We're conscious, powerful creation beings. And doesn't that make you think of yourself and life in a totally different way? So within the wheel, there also exists this idea of the known and unknown. And I think the age of reason burst open a lot of superstitions and heralded an explosion of intelligence in fields of science and medicine 
But that masculine intellectual thing got way off balance because it almost killed the feminine ways of knowing and thrust a lot of what we can't prove into the realm of fantasy. So I'm not going to tell you what to believe. Your beliefs are up to you to discover. All that I will say about that is that a lot of what we call nonsense, like mythological beasts, fairy tales, and stories about the other world, they're true. Just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The unknown is part of the great mystery. So we're limited by our human capacity to understand the other world. Just because we can't understand it, can't perceive it, doesn't mean it's not real. So we're limited by our brains and physicality and, frankly, our senses. We don't sense things the way that other animals do. We don't have sonar to guide us underwater the way whales and dolphins do. We don't have the ability to fly halfway across the world to our winter homes and then find our way back again the way birds do. Put me five miles away, I, I don't know if I can find my... I know I can find my way back. I don't know a lot of people could. But you see what I'm saying? You know, humans are surprised by earthquakes and tsunamis when some animals know in advance and move to sacred places. I think that's irrefutable, right? We've all heard of dogs that bark at things we can't see, right? Maybe the hair goes up on the back of our neck, but we don't know what's there. That's what I'm talking about. There's a lot that's unknown. Maybe we're not meant to know on this side of the veil, but we can acknowledge it and honor it at least, and that's in the Wheel of Life too. So the Wheel of Life is a symbol of what was, what is, and what could be. And I say could be because the future isn't set in stone. It requires our participation to create it because we are creation beings. It's super important. Don't forget that. I can't stress that enough. The U.S. elections are coming up, and I hear so many people worrying and complaining about what could be. If you're doing that, you're forgetting your power as a creation being. I don't need to preach to you. I don't need to tell you how to vote. I just need you to focus on being positive because our world is the way that it is because of our thoughts and behaviors. There's so much grasping that comes out of fear. When we move towards love and care for everything that lives in the wheel, the environment, other people who are both within our families and throughout the world, as well as the plant and animal kingdoms, we'll see change. It can happen overnight. We are in control of this. so We're creating this. So do you. Don't move from a place of fear. Move from a place of faith. Move from a place of love. And it doesn't matter, you know, what you hope the outcome would be or what it is. It is going to be one that's, that's bright, happy, loving, you know, connecting. For some, this is going to take a visit to the past to correct invalidating beliefs like I'm not enough or I don't deserve this or I'll never have love or whatever. Sometimes these belief patterns go back for generations. Find out. Clean it up. You may not have caused it, but if it's in you, it's yours. So clean it up and stop it now here with you. (laughs) We don't have to keep going down that destructive path. And if you are on one, I'm on one because I'm here with you. It's a tug of war, guys. So, you know, which side do you want to be on? The side that promotes health, balance, and happiness or the doom and gloom? Just clean up your stuff. Get Get on the bright side. Now, Please don't take this as a political statement. I'm always surprised by how many people think that I'm making political statements that agree with whatever they think. And that tells me I'm doing a good job of staying balanced. For me, it's not about a political party or an ideal or anything that comes under an ism. Even animism. (laughs) You can find corruption, factually incorrect data, or ineffectiveness anywhere, even here. So I'm promoting sovereignty and connection that will lead to wholeness. That's all. I'm not trying to be political. So. If you're not mindful, 
and can't see what is, you won't be able to head towards the next evolution in the wheel. So what am I talking about? Well, let's say that someone's terminally ill. Do you fight for their life or do you release and let go? If you're being threatened with losing your job, do you fight to stay on or do you let go? If someone's offering you an unimaginable opportunity, do you pass it up because your skills are not up to it or do you take a chance? You have to know where you are in the wheel to know where to go. If you aren't sure where to go, you can look down the path and see where it heads to get a sneak peek. So the wheel can be used as an advisor as well. See, when I tell you that we have all that we need to get through life and a few simple tools, I really mean it. Nature is an incredible teacher, and the wheel of life is an incredible map. Another way that the wheel can help with providing direction is by showing you uh, a vision of the future. Let's say that you're from a lower socioeconomic family class who comes from generations of people who didn't have a track record of education or material achievement, okay? So no entrepreneurs, creatives, or self-starting types in your known history, okay? The wheel can show you examples of ancestors that maybe you didn't know you had. This can inspire you to tap into dormant energies within you. So you can look to the past to find your way forward. Or another way to find your way forward is to simply see what's in the wheel. You are the wheel. Anything that exists there is in you. So what if your family hasn't had the opportunity or desire to do something yet? doesn't mean you can't. We can't make a dream come true until we can see it and believe it. And the wheel can show you possibilities that were maybe hidden from you. It can inspire you to do more than anyone thought possible, even you. So the wheel of life can show you what you could be. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with who you are now. Not saying that at all. But since change is inevitable, you'll probably have a more fulfilling, meaningful life if you drive in the bus towards something that leaves your pain and burdens behind and reflects your heart. This is an important thing to keep in mind. There isn't one way or one destination. Everyone's unique. Some of us have more fire energy or air energy, so our lives are going to look different from someone who has more earth or water. Different cultures have different values. The wheel encompasses everything and can be used as a guide by everybody. But the thing that will get you out of where you are will be different from what um, helps me. So we might all be experiencing the season of fall in some way because it's fall outside. So maybe we're all physically slowing down, becoming more introspective and less active outside or in the gym. But you're also starting a creative streak in a new project or beginning a new relationship. Meanwhile, I may be physically slowing down, but I may be grieving and raging over something that's unresolved. So all energies are active at all times. Some are more dormant for everyone, while others are more dormant for individuals. It's all about authenticity and your unique energy. What balances you and takes you to the next level will be different for what works for me. So it's all about balance. So if I have a strong adventurer energy, I might need really strong roots to balance that out so I always have a home base and stay grounded and safe. If you have really strong sage energy, you may need to cultivate fire energy so that your ideas find a way out into the world and don't just end up in your head. The wheel of life's for everybody, but it's not a one-size-fits-all path. It's both general and customized for you. The wheel can help you to identify your gifts and qualities so that you can develop them. So knowing what they are can also help you to balance them. You don't want to overdevelop any one thing. 
I think we've all seen bodybuilders with the massive pecs and the big arms and then the spindly legs. That's what I mean. We want to be balanced and well-proportioned so that we have access to the energy that's needed at the time. So I'm going to give you a quick generalization of the directions. As I said, there's more in-depth look in them and other podcasts, so check that out. And if you keep this in mind as more symbols than data that you have to remember, it's going to be more meaningful and intuitive. So we're going to follow the sun, okay? So it's morning. The sun's rising in the east. And this tells us that the east is about beginning. Lots of people say, don't worry, it'll all look different in the morning. And it often does, doesn't it? So mornings of the east are about hope, visions, illumination of darkness. These visions are ideas, inspiration, innovation, that kind of thing. But it's not until the sun's overhead that we can do something with those ideas. So once the sun's overhead, that's the south, the element of fire, and fire is will or power. And the sun is strong and it has energy to do these things. And that's summer, when everything is really active, blooming, flourishing. And as we look around the nature, you know, like I said, plants are in full vigor. We start to producing things we can eat. It's a time of blossoming. Those ideas are in physical form thanks to the sun heating up the earth and making those seeds flower. The energy of the south is wild. Think of Bellerophon. He flew with his wax wings higher and higher towards the sun. The sun melted the wax wings and he fell to the ground. And this teaches us that power must be paired with discipline. Passion flows wildly in the south so we can get carried away. Maybe this means we learn to temper our anger follow a schedule, or do more thorough planning. Everything comes in pairs, so stay balanced. In the evening, as the sun sets, it's softer, beautiful, and we know the day is ending. So the West is a time for a decline, death, and grief. It's a time of endings. It's a time when we're inside, quiet, and introspective. If the East is innocent, the West is maturity and wisdom. At midnight, the sun's on the other side of the world. It's not visible, so the north is cold, dormant, and it's a time of rest and rejuvenation. It's a lean time of no food in nature, so you may feel tired. This is the direction of struggle that shows you what you're made of and ultimately strengthens you. It's a time of resolution that prepares you for rebirth of spring. So to balance the passion and fire of the south, we have the stillness and grounding of the north. Kind of getting an idea how that balance works. So here's a simple way to use the Wheel of Life to help you with any problem. First, get clear on the problem or what you want the outcome to be. Either one will work. Then you get into a meditative state. And however you do, that's fine. So now imagine that you're outside somewhere pleasant and bring this problem to mind and see yourself in the morning sun, then the midday sun, and the setting sun, and then at midnight. You're going to linger in each one. And feel the energy of each phase of the sun as you keep your mind on the problem. Not concentrating and focusing, just kind of keeping an awareness of it. And notice which energy feels strong, comfortable, and which one feels weak. You just want to be with the sun and take in the information that you feel there. Now, once you come out of the meditation, write down your observations so you don't lose them. And once you're out of your head and into the physical world on this paper, take a look at what you wrote. And what time of day feels the most comfortable? Which feels the least comfortable? What would feel more balanced? And that's going to give you clues to where you are and what to do. 
For example, let's say that you're yearning for a romantic relationship but haven't been able to attract someone. There just aren't any prospects coming your way. So you do this meditation and the morning feels most peaceful and the midnight feels most empty and uncomfortable. So what might that be telling you? Well, it could be saying that you're good at beginnings and flirting, but you're not good at following up or following through. could indicate that you need some help with everyday tasks of living or conflict resolution. Maybe you don't stay with someone long enough for them to grow or materialize. And even if you don't get a concrete answer like that, you can spend more time cultivating comfort with the north and the energy of midnight and just let the wheel teach you. So that's a lot of information. I hope it didn't make your head explode. But instead, make things clear. That's all for this week. Feel free to reach out with your comments. This podcast is a result of listener feedback, so we definitely want more of that. If you want to support, you can send your donations online uh, from our website at pansociety.net. Down at the bottom, you'll see a little coffee cup that will take you to buy me a coffee. And we'll see you next week. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for the suggestions. If you have any more, just let us know. Thanks. Bye.